What's up, guys? This is Sam Taggart with the DDD Podcast, and we've got another special guest, Kevin Karchner. And this is a unique one, guys. He's the CEO of Fight Against Mediocrity, and he helps people just get bigger results and create their own economy. And what's cool is this guy was a former professional unicyclist. I mean, he took fourth in literally Italy on a worldwide tournament to where then he started doing triathlons with the unicycle as instead of a bike. Guys, anybody that's even tried to ride a unicycle, that's impressive. Um, and to get a guy that now is coaching people, helping them really understand finance, understand their life, understand the success, the mindsets that go behind it it is really exciting. And I want to introduce Mr. Kevin on the show, man. Welcome. Dude. Thanks, Sam. Super excited to be here. So we met at a speaking event. We both spoke at this, like, I don't know, thing and we were diving in and I was like, dude, I like his vibe. He's got a good energy. And that's where we connected and share a little bit of like, what's your main message that you like to speak on or share? So before I answer that, I actually want to share how I met you before I met you. So I, uh, I almost went and did summer sales and I wish I would have, but who I was dating at the time, she's like, no, I want you here. So I didn't but I was looking into like all that stuff and I ordered your book. And so I have your book here. Right That's there. Awesome. It's an awesome book and everything, but I love that your um, books are color coordinated, by the way. Is that like just by happenstance? Like that's my wife, hundred percent. That's dope. The red, yellow, blue in the background. I don't know. Anyway, give me a good idea. Keep going. Thanks dude. So question was, what's my favorite message to share? Yeah. So um, a big part of everything that I do is focused around fighting mediocrity and creating your own economy. And the reason those are um, so important to me is because that's where my pain was for so long. I studied accounting because it was the language of business, but I knew I wanted to, you know, start my own business or something. And uh, um, so I was an accountant out of school for a year and it was literally the worst. I go to, I go to work every day, get paid the same amount, work more hours than everybody else. I'm just like, this is lame. I'm never going to be able to hit my goals. And then, um, I started praying actually for a sales job, which most people say, pray to stay away from sales and sales jobs and sales in general. And I started praying for a sales job and I prayed every night for seven days straight. And, um, on the seventh day, my fiance at the time, and I went to breakfast at, um, uh, original pancake house in South Jordan. And we ran into at the time, one of my neighbors, and he had been posting online that he was hiring for salespeople for a software company. And I like cornered him and was like, dude, tell me about this. And long story short, two weeks later, started in sales, selling software. And it wasn't like the cushy software sales that people have nowadays. It was like, Hey, you got a cell phone. Yeah. I got a cell phone. You've got internet access. Yeah. Okay. Google businesses and just call them from your cell phone. And then put those into Google Sheets and like, good luck. And uh, so like really to learn by fire for sure. And so one of my biggest messages is like, um, take a risk on yourself and learn to create your own economy. You know, learn sales, learn marketing, um, take take 100% responsibility because ultimately you can have anything you want if you just go for it. You know, it's funny about like that. So I have two software companies and I've hired multiple salespeople that have come and gone throughout those. And, and they're always like, dude, where's my leads? And I'm like, dude, I'm not running any marketing on these. So there's a thing called Google and every single one of them need our texting platform. So therefore, you know, why don't you just call them? And I was like, why don't you just pick a category? 
Like let's pick oil companies or let's pick restaurants or let's pick, you know what I mean? And what's interesting is to see some of them just like wig out and they're like, I don't know who to call. I don't know what to say. I'm like, that's their inability to take ownership over their outcomes. And I watch so often people's inability to take ownership over their outcomes, literally limit people. And and it's like this, this debilitation that is so apparent watching certain people try to solve a problem. And I'm like, guys, why do you need my, me to hold your hand to upload leads to like literally give you, here's the exact phone numbers. Like, do, 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 do you need me to hit dial as well? Like, you know, it's like, it's crazy to see how unresponsible a lot of people end up being, especially exposed in a sales environment. Yeah. And I mean, retrospectively, would it have been nice to have some leads? Sure. Hell yeah. But you're actually giving them the greatest gift they could ever have because I look back on, so I went from, you know, not making a sale for my first three or four weeks to being the director of sales for that company um, before I left. And looking back at it, that was like an MBA on sales and business because I had to just learn and read and grind. And if I could go back, I wouldn't have changed a single thing. Like if, if someone's listening to this and if you can go into the hardest sales opportunity, like selling software from Google or going door to door and selling something, if you can do that, what, what can't you do? You know what I mean? Love that. So at what point did you decide to say, I'm going to start my own business and, and kind of walk me through that vision that, that created that? Yeah. So um, it's a unique story. I didn't think it was unique and I didn't want to share it for a long time. So um, I was at the software company and nine months in, my dad calls me and he owns a big home building company uh, in Logan, Utah. They'll do, I think last year they did a hundred million dollars in selling homes. And uh, he's like, Hey, you know, if you're interested in coming and working for the family business, I know you've got some sales experience. Now would be a great time to come do that. And it was really scary because I knew if I did that, there would be no going back. You know what I mean? It was like, there for life. Um, and again, prayed about it a lot, thought about it a lot, talked to my wife about it. And ultimately I'm like, all right, let's do it. Feel, feel decent about it. And, uh, I was there and what was actually amazing is I had known only outbound sales, only creating my own economy, knocking doors, cold calling. And so when I went and started selling homes, the other salespeople around me, if there wasn't leads coming in through the door, they would just sit around. And I was like, guys, what are you like? What are you doing? Let's go. Let's go knock some doors. Let's go hustle. And because of that, I outsold everybody by two, sold twice as many homes as everybody else. So wow. again, that like skill of outbound. And uh, I quickly started realizing that like, that wasn't the culture that I wanted. It wasn't my culture. It was my dad's culture. Um, and it wasn't like what was I'm sure you could say the same thing about you and door to door. Like it's what fires you up. Home building wasn't what was firing me up. It was like, I, I was always, you know, going to sales conferences, reading books about business and growth and personal development. And, but I never really felt like I was good enough to help anybody else with anything. Um, and then one day I asked myself like, well, what if I left my dad's company? What if I didn't take it over? What if I did my own thing? Would he be mad? Would my mom be mad? What would my wife say? And some of these thoughts started coming like, what if, what if I left? 
And there was an experience that like was the straw that broke the camel's back. And this goes back to creating your own economy. Um, if you know anything about the real estate industry, the last couple of years has been a nightmare. And at one point, the siding guy for the company was like, every single home was being delayed. And he'd be like, I'll catch up, I'll catch up. But we'd have to call the homeowners like two weeks before they're supposed to move in and be like, hey, the siding's not done. You have to, you have to wait. They're like, what do you mean? Like, we've already canceled our apartment contract. We've like sold our house. Like, we don't have anywhere to go. We're homeless. And this was over and over and over and over and over again. And everyone in the estimating department was like, dude, it's impossible. You can't find any other siding guys. It's impossible. And I, they sold me on that for six months. And finally, I was like, screw that. It's possible. I'm going to find a siding guy. So I started cold calling people just back to the roots um, from the software days. And I found a guy who was siding, but wanted to start his own company and had a couple of friends who would come with him. So like, awesome, right? I solved the problem, created our own economy. Like the day was great. And it ended up being that, that the estimating department was too scared of the current siding guy that he would leave and get mad that they wouldn't bring on the new one. And at that point, he'd already like bought all the equipment to start his own company and everything. And I had to call him and be like, hey, dude, sorry, like we're not going to use you anymore. Wow. And I realized I was like, I don't want to be beholden to um, other people and just the um, lack of a growth mindset. So that's when, it, again, straw that broke the camel's back, I was like, um, well, I won't go into the whole story, but basically I kept having this prompting to call, his name's Colin Wright, he owns CW Urban. And he told me, he's like, dude, I, my brother went and worked for my dad. I didn't. And I started my own company. He's like, you should go do so you do your own thing. Like you would be a lot happier. And so that day, I remember it was a Friday at 1130. I talked to him that day at 3 PM. I quit my job and the fight against mediocrity was born. And it wasn't like I had a business plan. It was like, I know how to cold call. I know how to create my own economy. So I'll just make this work. And that's how it was born. And I just started like cold messaging people on Instagram being like, Hey, you want to learn how to create your own economy and fight mediocrity? That's so cool. And I think like any salesperson listening to this, being able to trust their ability to hustle and cold call and know that they can create their own economy, like you just said, is such a gift. And it's funny because everybody's like the recession and the economy. And what about this? What if I lost my job? I'm like, I will never lose my job. There is no job to lose. Oh, I will yeah. sell whatever it is you want to put in front of me. I will sell it. I'll make money. <laughs> And it's like, I don't care if I have to go sell bread door to door, like there's going to be a need of something, you know what I mean? And I will make an outcome with that regardless. And that trust of, like you said, fight against mediocrity of like, I know I'm not a mediocre type of dude. And I know that there's a lot of people out there that are okay being mediocre. And I'm glad that there's some fight against that. And I'm glad that there's some people saying, Hey, don't be average, be savage. Like let's, let's go be something greater. Yeah. And what's really interesting, do you know, Ty Rogers, he sold for Vivint for a while Yeah, no, really. out of Logan. Um, so I went on a couple of preseason trips. They took me to Hooper, Utah on to sell Vivint. And I got, I actually did get a deal on my second day, which was cool. But I remember it was just me and him and we were riding home together and it was in Sardine Canyon headed from Brigham city to, to Hiram. And I'm just like hungry, hungry, like a sponge, like, dude, how do you do it? What's your pitch? Like ask, like 
hungry asking him all the questions like how he how he does it and i remember at one point i asked him are you going to do this forever i think a lot of door to door people get that get asked that question are you going to do this forever and he looked at me and he well he was driving so i he probably looked forward but he said um i don't know what i'm going to do next but whatever i do i know i will crush it and that hit me and i actually talk about it in my book um talk is cheap to fight against mediocrity um, about that story, because that was the first time I'd ever felt that confidence of being able to rely on your skills to create your own economy. And I was like, I want that, like whatever he has, I want that. So. Yeah. I love that. Um, so what, what advice, let's say that I am stuck in mediocrity. I'm sure in the book. So guys, if you have not gotten his book yet, go check out talk is cheap, uh, fight against mediocrity, but guys, it's, I'm curious to see your two cents on, I am mediocre. I'm always in the middle of the pack. I've just, that's my identity. I've never been great at anything. I've just been okay. <clears throat> and I guess, what are some techniques that you would teach a person that to fight against it? That's a good question. So I'm actually going to say something that is kind of counterintuitive to the movement, the fight against mediocrity, which is in order to be great, you first have to be mediocre. <coughs> like mm. Sam may have been born a natural great salesperson, but at the same time, I don't think so. Because in your book, you talk about how you were literally selling like people painting their um, curve, their addresses. And like, I bet when you first started that, it was scary. It was difficult. It was hard. But a lot of people will look at you and be like, dude, he's always been crushing it. But you put in your hours, like you put in your time to your craft and so I have something that I call the non-negotiables. Um, we do a challenge around it. And it basically, I throw rocks at 75 hard saying like, why would you ever do something really hard for 75 days? Why not create a growth plan that you can consistently do forever? And so the non-negotiables are investing 30 minutes every day into your mind. Like whether it's reading a book, listening to an audible, something in your field or something that you want to be great at. If you do 30 minutes a day for seven years, like you'll be top 1% in the world, guarantee it. Um, second thing is investing. Uh, so it's fit, sorry, 30 minutes into your body. So like I always tell everybody, you know, if you have great wealth, but you don't have health, you don't really have wealth, right? But you can't enjoy it. I had a guy named Jesse Burrell on my podcast. Um, he's the owner of Batch Leads, big real estate company. And he said, he's like, dude, when my company just grew like crazy, I had a ton of money, but I had, I had gained like 70 pounds. And he's like, I felt more imprisoned when I had all the money in the world, but I was overweight 70 pounds. than when I had no money and was in shape, he's like, I felt more imprisoned. And so non-negotiable number two is investing 30 minutes into your body every day. And then number three is investing 15 minutes in your spirit every day. And I don't tell people like, dude, you got to join a certain religion. It's just like, what people don't understand is your, your body is the house for your spirit. And so you can be like in great shape, have all the money in the world. But if you're not like cool with who you are and what you believe, you're still going to be unhappy. And so it's mind, body, spirit. Like you have to have all those things, right? And if you would just invest, so it's one hour per day, 30 minutes in your body, 15 minutes in your mind, 15 minutes in your spirit. I guarantee you give that a couple of years and you'll be happier, healthier, and more successful than you'll ever have been ever before. I love that. And I love that you're like at the rocks. It's funny. Everybody's like, 
Sam, do 75 hard with me. And I'm always like, eh. like, I mean, it's just not like for me, I, I I'm such a creature of already the habits that I've created that I, I enjoy them. Like for yeah. me to try to like, you know, it's almost like I'm going on a walk at midnight outside because I need to hit my second workout. I'm like, why would I do that? Like, I don't care to go walk around for 45 minutes at midnight. Like it just, for me, that doesn't align and it's not super sustainable. And I, I, I think it's cool that you can commit to doing something hard. That is one thing is pushing and challenging yourself. And I align with that. I just, I, I think you're right. I think it's like, dude, I think some people need to do 75 soft in the sense of like just doing something for 75 days continuously. And that might be one push up a day for 75 days. And that you first got to be there in order to do 75 hard. Like, why don't you just do a habit? Or like you said, why don't you start with this three things for 75 days and see if you can sustain that for more than 75 days. And I love that. I love that. I mean, it's, yeah, I agree. I'm, I mean, you did a half Ironman or full Ironman. Full Ironman. Full Ironman. Like that's freaking hard. I've only, yeah, it's hard. It's hard. Like that's hard crap in it. And it doesn't, you can't just train for that for 75 days. It's a, you probably could, but it probably would be a uh, pretty brutal. You got to train consistently. And what was funny is at the event where I met you after I presented on the non-negotiables and afterwards the guy in front of me turned around and was like, you changed my life. And I'm like, dude, I don't even know you. How did I change your life? What are you talking about? He's like, non-negotiables. I know who you are now. And he's like, I had done Well, before I go into that, he's like, I have one, a wife and three, three kids. And, um, five months ago, I was on the side of the road in the back of my truck with a gun to my head about to commit suicide. Wow. I'm like, what, what happened? He's like, someone sent me a post of you talking about the non-negotiables, just that simplicity of it. And I started doing that and I've never been happier in my life. And it, he, he had done 75 hard and was at the highest high and then stopped doing it and crashed and was at the lowest low. And so, yeah, if you can just do something consistent for the long run, you're going to be way better. As I mean, it's the tortoise in the hair, right? For sure. For sure. Well, I kind of got to wrap up, but like, I guess if you were to be, let's like speak to that leader that's coaching his people out of mediocrity. Cause I think, you know, I just got done with a coaching call solar owner in California and he's like, I can't keep my people accountable. Like I'm struggling to get them to, you know, he's like, do I just fire them? They're doing one or two a month. Like, what do I do? How do I get them performing even to our minimums? I can't seem to keep them accountable and, and to think bigger than just one to three a month. What, what would you tell that leader to help his people to increase their sales performance um, and to rise them out of mediocrity? I mean, I would be curious what you told them. Um, what I've seen in my experience is, well, I'll tell you a story first. So when, when um, Usain Bolt won the Olympics for the 100 meter, um, they're the second and third place. I always forget their names, but they um, broke the previous world record along with Usain Bolt. Now, that's super uncommon for the top three people to all beat the previous world record. And they, they didn't do it in their practices. Obviously they tried, like they weren't, you know, training half of their effort. They were really going for it, but all three of them broke the previous world record. 
and they went and interviewed them afterwards the second and third place they're like how on earth you weren't able to break your your pr during practice let alone the previous world record how were you able to do it and they just kind of shrugged and were like we were just trying to keep up with usain and i think the same thing translates over into leadership i think most of the time people just follow the leader and so whatever expectation is set or whatever standard is set like tony robbins says like you don't get what you want you get what your standard is i think that's ultimately where organizations rise and fall and for me, I see the biggest struggle in sales organizations is they keep underperformers for too long, right? Like, because if if you see Joe over here bageling it every week, but nothing happens, you know, that's that's the culture you get. And so that's what I would say. Love that. Love that. Well, Kevin, thank you for being on the show, man. This has been value upon value. And just thanks for, you know, being one of the good soldiers fighting the fight. And uh, I think that oftentimes we we forget that we're in a constant fight. It's like we're growing or we're shrinking. It's not this stagnant life. Life is fluid. It's a it's a battle every day of conscious awareness to saying, what are we attacking? Are we are we proactively pushing forward in the right direction or are we just letting life kind of take us through idleness? Are we you know what I mean? And and, and watching um you know, people's habits, watching their effectiveness of time management, watching their efforts. I've noticed that, you know, like Iron Cowboy said, he's like, one man's hard work is another man's lazy. And I think that, like you said, having that leader that, you know, Shane Bolt kind of saying, I'm going to, I'm going to push forward and help inspire everyone else to break world records. Cause I bet you second and third place were stoked. They were like, dude, we just broke the world record. Yeah. They didn't get the gold medal, but they're like, we just broke the world record. That's faster than any other human like um and so it's like for me knowing that there is more in a lot of people's tanks and having that awareness of like what is that next level of me what is that next vision is going to be astronomical to the success and and the speed in which they get that success so i love i love some of your shares, man, it's been fire. And I look forward to to being on your podcast, dude. So where do they find your podcast? They want to check that out. Yeah. So best place to follow me is on Instagram. Uh, my username's Kevin Karchner. And there you can find my podcast. It's the fighting against mediocrity. You can grab my book um, and everything like that. Awesome. Well, dude, well, thank you. Thank you for listening, everybody. Hopefully you got some value out of this. Give it a review. Go share this podcast. A lot, of, a lot more people needed to hear these words and uh, don't be so selfish about it. So we love the shares and the comments. So love you guys. We'll see it. Thanks, Sam.